Welcome to African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement, your source for news and commentary from a cultural and right of center perspective. African American Conservatives. Welcome to African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. I'm your host, Marie Strader. Be sure to go to acons.substack.com and you will find all things ACONS related. You will find our podcast. You can find our uh, blog. You can find all kinds of things about us and how to support us as well. Our guest today is David Horowitz. David Horowitz is one of today's most prominent conservative voices. He is a founder and president of the David Horowitz Freedom Center, editor of frontpagemag.com, and director of Discovering the Networks, and founder of the organization Students for Academic Freedom. He is the author of many works, including his latest, Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be the Last. Welcome to the show, Mr. Horowitz. Thanks for having me. As most of our audience knows, you were once a communist. As most of our audience also knows, there are things in your book that we can't talk about because of our YouTube overlords, but we can still talk about this. How would you compare the censorship that you saw as a young communist during the McCarthy era to the censorship you now see as a conservative during the Biden era? It was a Tea Party, McCarthy, compared to what's going on now. There's never been, well, maybe the Salem witch trials are um, a historical precedent. But, um, you know, my, my parents actually lost their jobs in the McCarthy era, um, but they lost them because um, they lied about their poly, party affiliations. And they had so mistreated a very important member of the Communist Party named Bella Dobb. She, she was a, a powerful leader, but she was a devout Catholic. And they wanted her to renounce her Catholic faith. And she refused to do it. And then she turned on them. So they had the party list the government did. So when my parents were called um, for the, an inquiry by their principals uh, and said they weren't communists, they, they, they knew they were lying and that's why they were fired. My mother went on to become a figure in Planned Parenthood, of course. Um, she won the first Margaret Sanger Award. <laughs> wow. Now, currently, Atlanta is from extremists, most from outside of Georgia, with one being from Canada and another from France, to prevent the building of a police training center. One of the extremists is reported to be a lawyer from the Southern Poverty Law Center. What do these attacks tell us about Antifa as a domestic well, Antifa is a fascist organization. Um, it arrogates to itself 
the authority for, of the Justice Department. It says, if you read their writings, they don't trust the government uh, to carry out what they like to call social justice. So they take the law into their own hands and they're violent and vicious and it's an international organization and it's totally supported by the Democrat Party. Um, they, they, uh, I, I think that's going to change as they come under fire as a terrorist group. Conservatives are very slow to see the true nature of the threat. These people came to Atlanta. Atlanta, like every major city that's run by Democrats, is the subject of a crime wave, which always affects the poorest, most vulnerable people in the city the most. So they finally have, after enough people have been killed in Atlanta and robbed and had their cars uh, hijacked, um, there is a kind of a consensus that supported the Atlanta City Council, which is left wing, uh, and the mayor uh, all supported a police training center. And if, if you were watching what happened in Memphis, when those five cops um, basically yes. murdered uh, a young man. Tyree Nichols. Uh, that's from, th these, these people were recruited out of jails, I mean, the cops, yeah. or they weren't trained properly. You don't drag somebody out of a car the way they did, um, just for starters, and then you don't start just beating on them. We, we don't know fully what happened, but that that's an indication of how important it is to have training police trained. the best reform uh, that you could have. Um, so they're gonna, these these guys made a huge mistake um, because the police training center is so they don't care that it's supported by the majority of the population, including the poor population, the black population, the um, and of, of course, there's a, a wealthy black community in, in Atlanta as well. well. It's just across the board that the center was supported. So they picked the wrong target. And then by the kind of violence, if you watch the videos, I don't know if those were Molotov cocktails, but throwing bombs at the police. Um, they've set a good precedent. They're gonna be charged, or they have been charged as domestic terrorists. They're gonna get long jail sentences and it's gonna, it's, you know, tar and feather their own organization. So that's the one thing you can always count on the left for. The left never knows when to stop. And eventually they do such horrific things that everybody wakes up to what a threat they are and they're crushed. Of course, it's 
sometimes takes 70 years as an associate. <laughs> Your new book, Final Battle, presents a comprehensive survey of the many challenges this nation faces, uh, premised on the observation that, quote, Democrats have conducted a sustained assault on the spirit of compromise that binds the union together and set the, sets the nation on the path to a one-party state, end quote. Why did you undertake such a project? Well, I've done a series of books. You can sort of see them in the background there uh, on, on these, what you might call the Trump years. Um, the Democrat Party is a criminal party. Uh, yes. One of the great the crises we're facing is the influx of 5 million unvetted illegal invaders of our country. Yes. You go through the citizenship process, didn't take a, a pledge of, of allegiance to the United States, whose records, you know, include jail time, uh, sexual crimes, repeated yeah. sexual crimes, because they, uh, it was a point at which we were deporting such people, but they come back. Um, yeah. It, it, it's just terrible what's happened on our on our borders. How did that happen? It happened because Biden illegally and unconstitutionally decided not to enforce our border laws. But it's that simple. And the reason we have a rampant crime in our cities is because local Democrat governments refuse to enforce the law against criminals. They have these catch and release policies. So there's no penalty for being a criminal. So that just emboldens the criminals. There are bad people in this world and, uh, and they prey on vulnerable people. That's absolutely right. Now you make an, a good observation uh, at frontpagemag.com. You wrote, quote, having written five volumes describing the transformation of American universities into institutions hostile to America and its constitutional foundations, it is apparent to me that the source of our current ills, the lawlessness in our streets, the destruction of our borders, the racist equity policies of the Democrat Party, the woke derelictions of our military leaders can all be traced to the indoctrination of our educated classes in hatreds spawned by cultural Marxism. And contempt. Contempt for white people, um, especially in the middle of the country, the more patriotic elements, but utter contempt for black people. And nobody mentions this, but look, there are so many articulate uh, black people in this country to have a, 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 a whatever, an administration that includes Kareem Jean-Pierre is an insult to black Americans. If that were, well, she already is a laughing stock, but uh, if she were white, it would be a hundred times worse. Um, people, Democrats think that black people are helpless uh, and incompetent and can't pass exams. So they're yeah. abolishing exams. I can't qualify for advanced, instead of holding the teacher unions accountable, like in Baltimore, 
something like this, 23 schools where there are no students that, you know, test at their but grade they level. they protect the criminals, which are the teacher unions, um, uh, by calling uh, Donald Trump a white supremacist. Donald Trump was a lifelong liberal. Now he was at the Clinton's wedding. Uh, he received an NACP award with Rosa Parks that given by Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali did. And they were, uh, I forget who gave the awards, but it was another civil rights figure. Um, that was Donald Trump until he had the bad judgment to run against the Democrat. <laughs> When he did that, he's a white and a white nationalist. Nobody ever referred to Trump as a white supremacist, except maybe the number two race hater in the country, Al Sharpton. Yeah. And, and you make a great point because I, we've talked about this here on the show quite a bit, uh, that the, the dumbing down is the most outrageous sort of bigotry, the, the soft bigotry of low expectations, that, you know, math is racist, that, uh, you know. Nicely put. Yeah. This, it, is, this is the kind of mentality the Ku Klux Klan had. Absolutely. And what? when you say that education, it's a civil rights issue that our children, I homeschooled my three children. I refuse to put them in a failing system. You and I were talking, you know, because we both hail from, or we both lived in California for a number of years. I wasn't going to put my kids in a school system in California that's been yeah. bankrupt for ages and that is ruled by the teachers unions. And so to teach my children that they are white surprised, there was an article not too long ago from a woman at Harvard who said that homeschoolers are white supremacists. And I'm like, I taught my kids at home because I wanted them to get black history right and not be taught that, that they're inferior in some way or that white people are evil and bad. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The idea that, that Blacks have, have to be specially uh, given the special privilege of not being tested. How can you ever get better if you're not tested and if you don't have to meet certain standards? I don't yeah. think people are going to care when they have surgery if it's a uh, you know, a black doctor, excuse me, how many black doctors do you have in this hospital? You want whoever the best doctor is. Yeah. And, and it's just been insane. Know. Doing now by by this equity, which is yes. KKK race, racism, pure and simple. It is skin, skin color. So they'll undermine. I mean, they're obviously brilliant black surgeons like Dr. Carson. Yes, um, but it'll undermine their credibility. You know, if you're going to cut people slack and use a different standard for judging them that their skin color is different. You, the patient, how can you trust this doctor? And then maybe a brilliant doctor, but you wouldn't know if the system is rigged in, in his favor because he's black. It's just terrible what the left has done. It's and just, I think too, as I've said, you know, the, uh, 
someone needs to be able to stand the rigors of a four-year course of study. And so you want students that are prepared. When I homeschooled my kids, our last year with my daughter was writing. I was I told her, you have to do term papers, you have to do citations, you have to do all of this stuff. And she grumbled about it every single day. And her first semester at college, mom, thank you. All I have to do is write. All I have is papers. And I knew that. So I prepared her for those academic rigors. Well, and so, yeah. The, the, the big handicap for inner city black kids is there's no fathers in the home. Yes. Uh, and even Barack Obama admitted that if you raised in a single parent, female headed household, you're five to six times more likely to be poor. And of course, you're more likely to go to jail uh, as well. Instead of looking at the actual causes uh, of the problem, you deflect it. You deflect it from the teacher unions. Look at these teachers. I mean, how can you? They stole all this money. They took money that was supposed to keep them in the classrooms during the pandemic. They didn't teach. Um, right. And they haven't given back the money. They yeah. just now, Representative uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene recently tweeted for national divorce because, quote, we, the left and right, have reached irreconcilable differences, end quotes. What is your thought on a national divorce? I think that's ridiculous. Look, uh, we fought a civil war uh, over obvious, very significant principle, freedom um, to remain united as a country. And our country is, our system is based on persuading people that disagree with us. Uh, and the idea that we should cut the country in half or so, first of all, it won't solve any problems because um, it's not like all the people in certain states, in the red states are conservative or all the people in the blue states are leftists. You have to, you know, if people want a quick fix, and that's that's the worst way to do it. We have to fight these ideological battles. That is correct. Recently, four Americans were kidnapped in Mexico with two eventually rescued, but two sadly murdered by a Mexican cartel who thought they were rival human traffickers. Does this story understate how dangerous the southern border is becoming, as you alluded to just a few minutes ago. Well, it's much worse than that. If you remember, uh, Biden during the 2016 election was screaming at Trump because he, uh, he wanted to have a zero tolerance policy for illegals and deport their parents. So they had to process them by putting them in jail um, for hearings. And that separated them from their children. Um, there were 4,000 children uh, who were living in facilities that Barack Obama had built, which the um, racists in the Democrat Party called cages and concentration yeah. camps. Um, 4,000, and they were being taken care of by the Border Patrol people, so they were safe. Um, 
Now there are, uh, Biden invited specifically unaccompanied minors. So we have something like 250,000, not 4,000, 250,000 parentless children wandering around our country. 100,000 of them have disappeared. Yes. Republicans are so lame that they never mentioned things like this. That's absolutely right. I want to ask you about that, because one of the things you wrote, uh, you quoted a uh, President Trump speaking contemptuously of, and it's a contempt you seem to share, is, quote unquote, weak Republicans. Can you expand on that? Who are the weak Republicans and why are they so, so deserving of scorn? Mitt Romney, Adam Kinzer, Liz Cheney, um, you know. One thing Trump exposed was the incredible corruption in Washington. So these people, uh, they don't like confrontation. The Democrats live by confrontation yes. and by uh, bad-mouthing their opponents, defaming them, libeling I've never them. actually, you know, I was born into a, a communist family, so I'm, I was brought up to fight. Uh, I see more and more conservatives fighting now, and that, that makes me happy. It's the best sign that we have. Well, I, true. I, I like to stay in the present because you can, you can go into the past and find all kinds of really bad things that happen and, uh, and then ignore all the good things that have happened in the last... Mm -hmm. 40 or 50 years, you know, and the Democrats, for example, they say that the systemic racism, there is no systemic racism in America. Systemic means it's part of a system. That's right. And that, not that it's one person's bad attitudes. Yep. And the Civil Rights Act specifically outlawed institutional and systemic racism. So, you know, that there are 18,000 police departments just to pick one institution. If there was systemic racism in 10 of them or one of them, you know there'd be a tsunami of lawsuits. Benjamin Crump would be in their district in a second. <laughs> All the ambulance chasers and getting millions and millions of dollars in settlements. But there are no such suits. I mean, there may be an isolated suit here or there, but you don't even hear them um, because there is no systemic racism. You're right. All these police departments are, are, have black police chiefs. Yes. And if anything, it's probably affirmative action that caused the deaths of the, that poor man in Memphis because the police chief there, she was fired by the Atlanta Police Department for covering up a sex crime on her force. And then she was hired in Memphis. That's now, if she, had been white, if she had been white, she would have been fired and that would have been the end of her police career. So it's just terrible. Tough standards are good. They are. You know, were abused in the age of segregation with the, you know, the, I don't know, poll, poll tests or whatever. 
by unscrupulous racists. Um, but but standards are what you know. If you want, I mean, how how do you get a Steph Curry? You get him by incredible amounts of dedicated work and uh, a God-given talent. That's people right. I mean, people aren't equal. That's the obvious thing. If you think people are equal, see if you can do what Steph Curry does. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's hard work. And I don't want to get a job because of my color. I want to get a job because I'm the best for that job. And I think whoever I serve in that capacity wants me to be the best person, not the best black person. Yeah. It it takes away your basic human dignity. And we got so far with the Civil Rights Acts. It's just you wrote, quote, in the eyes of critical race theorists, the law, legal institutions, and society itself are inherently racist. Paradoxically, race is an illusion, a socially constructed concept that is used by white people to further their economic and political exploitation of people of color, end quote. You add that this, it is from, it is a new form of Marxism. How are the two similar and how are they different? Like like black people don't discriminate against each other of high yellow. And yes, we just talked about that last week. Yes. Um, look, the assault on the constitutional founding is the probably the most sinister thing the left does, uh, and it goes right up to the Biden White House calling the Constitution a white supremacist doctrine, document. The Constitution doesn't contain the words white or black or male or female for that matter. The founders uh, were all Protestants and heavily influenced by Protestant Reformation. The Protestant Reformation was guided by the principle of the priesthood of all believers. What Martin Luther believed was that everybody who believed everybody was a Christian and believed in Christ were equal in the eyes of God and therefore equal as between each other. That's the basis of American democracy right there. And of course, the you know Jefferson, who wrote the Declaration of Independence, was a deist. He didn't believe in the divinity of Christ, but he did certainly believed in this principle. And the, the American, the, the, virtually all the slaves who were shipped to America were enslaved by black Africans and sold at slave auctions in Ghana and Benin. Henry Louis Gates has done good work on this, Nell Painter, um, to pick two left-wing black historians who um, won tremendous honors uh, as historians. Uh, blacks were enslaved by blacks and these white Protestants, and I say this as a Jew, these white Protestants declared in the founding of America that all men are created equal and have a God-given right to liberty, which cannot be taken away by government. And they put behind that 300, the sacrifice of 360,000 mainly white Union soldiers to free the slaves. So this is a remarkable, there isn't in all history 
like another case of one race making that kind of sacrifice to liberate another race. And yet these people, by calling the Constitution white supremacist, uh, and we now have the Supreme Court Justice in Katanji Jackson Brown, who doesn't, who, who believes this nonsense? Yes, uh, and doesn't she's she's uh, the court is supposed to defend the Constitution. That's its job. She doesn't believe in the Constitution. That's how bad things are now. But I, I think I see the tide turning. Now, share with us your opposition to reparations. We've talked about that at length on on this show. Uh, how we are against it, but I want to hear your view. My first notoriety came when I took out an ad uh, and I don't know where I took it out, but it was enough to be noticed. And the ad was called 10 Reasons Why Reparations Are Bad for Black People and Racist Too. Um, I, I still believe, look, if, if, if those uh, demagogues in California want reparations for slavery, they should sue the Confederacy, not, not the government that sacrificed 360,000 lives and enormous economic resources to free the slaves. And America was, I mean, we were a British colony in 1619. So 1619 is irrelevant. Those weren't even yeah. slaves. Yeah. I, in, my, in my book, I quote Nell Painter, who is a black Princeton historian. Um, uh, and she says they were indentured servants. The whole labor force in Virginia, there was no slavery in Virginia in the 1619. The whole labor force uh, was indentured servitude, which means they had a, they had a contract where they had to spend five or seven years providing free labor to pay their passage from Europe to America. Um, the vast majority of the indentured labor force was white. Yeah. But the reality is, you, you know, unless you're a racist, what's the connection between Americans and English colonists who believe in slavery? The American Revolution was a break with the past. It was a it was a revolution for crying out to you. So, anyway, that's my attitude towards reparations. It's racial. <laughs> it's extortion, and it's bad. You know, I always wonder these people who win the lottery, the lottery, what it does to their lives. Right. So you're going to drop or Gavin Newsom. Is going to drop two hundred thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars on every black person in uh, California, which never had slavery. It was a free state to begin. It's up to three hundred and sixty thousand now. Yeah, what is that going Ridiculous. to do? Ridiculous individuals. More handouts. It corrupts. It takes away your incentive to do And I said, if you want true equity, really, truly, then you, Black Lives Matter, all the money that they uh, amassed during the riots and all of that sort of thing, what did they do? They painted Black Lives Matter on a street and bought themselves mansions. Why didn't they uh, 
put money into HBCUs to have more people in the system, more correctional yeah. officers, more judges, more uh, whoever, police officers. But yeah. no, mansions, that makes us equal now. Okay. The leaders of Black Lives Matter are not yeah. only, um, you know, they're sort of sociopaths, but they're incredible liars. But they're also, the, they're petty thieves. They're the kind of people that steal from the collection box on, on church services. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same mentality, it's, you know, uh, just terrible. And again, that they're so encouraged by the Democrat Party. Patrice Colors had this argument um, First of all, she, you know, her, uh, I, I, I'm getting on in years and I, my memory isn't great, but I read her autobiography and uh, I, her, she was, I think, six years old when her father left the family and she found out that he wasn't her biological father. Her biological fire, father was a drug addict. Yeah. Um, her mother worked three jobs uh, from the time she was 15. She, uh, uh, she had the kids very young. Um, so Patrice Colors does not uh, attribute anything in her life to this upbringing. In fact, argued with the drug addict father that um, you can't hold individuals responsible. That's racism. And this is this is a paranoid individual who finds only uh, you know who, who will defend any black person uh, um, no matter what they did or what they think or who they are over any white person saying you know she she's like these KKKers they were swamp people. And the Black Lives Matter leadership is swamping. Now, if you're too. just joining us, our guest this segment has been David Horowitz. Uh, his latest book is The Final Battle. The next election could be the last. How can our audience continue to follow you and your work? Well, I have a website at frontpagemag.com. You can get to everything about me. Um, and I, I have some brilliant writers. It's a, it's a daily magazine. Uh, and I, I have a, a website called Discover the Networks, which you can access through frontpagemag.com. Discover the Networks is like an encyclopedia of the left. So if you're, especially if you're young and you want to know who the players are and what their actual opinions are, uh, just go up to discoverthenetworks.org or go, go to my website at frontpagemag.com and click on Discover the Networks. As always, it's been a joy to have you on. It was so great to have you back with us. You know, I've lived to a, a point in time where there are a lot of people saying what I'm saying. So I, I can kind of relax in old age here and let, let younger firebrands carry the message. But I just see so many good people out there. 
And it's it's just such a shame that the Democrat Party has been suborned and conquered by the political left. And that this lying, criminal, pedophilia president is is an senile. It's just terrible. But the whole party is responsible for propping him up. It's embarrassing to be a Democrat these days. Or should be embarrassed. Harder and harder to justify what they do. I, I don't understand it. I know a lot of, I mean, obviously, having been in California and, you know, I was a liberal very early in my life, um, but of course later came to my senses. But you know, I, I still know a lot of people in California. In fact, some of the folks that are behind uh, some of the reparation stuff are folks that I've known for years and years and years in San Francisco. No and I the Confederacy. I'm sorry. Tell them to sue the Confederacy. It's crazy. I mean, I just, I don't understand that. And I don't understand how you can profess uh, faith and be for people who would dismember children in the womb. I don't understand how you can um, support some of these things that are unbiblical and say that you are, you know, a person of faith. I mean, I'm not the judge. Thankfully, that's not my job. But it's just, it, it's hard for me to reconcile that when I see in black and white that God says, you know, it's for man and marriage is for man and a woman. That, you know, that uh, we are not to shed innocent blood. All of these things. So you're absolutely right. It, it's hard to be a Democrat and it's hard to justify what it is that they believe. But the, the Bible tells us exactly why, what the problem is. It's not society or races or patriarchies. It's us. It's right. individuals. Our, our foreparents, Adam and Eve, they had paradise. It was better than any socialist fantasy, uh, the paradise they had. But there was one condition of them remaining there, and that was not to want to know evil. And that's what they wanted. <laughs> Amazing. Well, again, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Okay. Well, that's our show with David Hor Horowitz. Um, and now it's time to bring in DK. DK, come on in. Hello. Hola. Hey, how are you doing? What did you think how of that? You? Not often I get to hear you call the a young firebrand, but that was, that was fun. Yeah, you and I are the same age now, oh, right? You had a birthday over the weekend, <laughs> so you can't say that anymore. So for another five weeks. Oh, my goodness. Another five weeks. That's I get to hold that over weeks. your head. A long so, five weeks. It's going to be a long five weeks. <laughs> well, that's a great interview. I like I like Mr. Harvest a great deal. You know, he's such a smart and well-read and, and friendly person. He's a national treasure. I mean, I, I, there's so much to learn, and especially from his communist past. I mean, if people, if young people don't listen to that and, and you know, uh, change course, make a course correction. I mean, you know, he, he really lived it. And so, I mean, I think we should pay heed. I've read so many of his books, and and they're all worthwhile, especially his new one, Final Battle. Very much recommend it. So I want to talk a little bit about um, what's going on in the news this week. Is 
It's the whole Tucker Carlson thing. Yeah. I even know it's been a great fan of Tucker Carlson, but I will say I'm very concerned about the negative reaction he's getting from politicians and the media about for telling the truth. We're telling the truth. We're presenting evidence. Yeah, that's irrefutable. When you've got video surveillance, that's irrefutable. About January 6th, and there's yeah. no legitimate reason not to reveal this evidence. It should be widely broadcast. And yet they're attacking Tucker and uh, uh, House Leader uh, Kevin McCarthy for allowing Tucker to release this video. There's something. This is something any news organization should want to do. In fact, if this was a, a video that was anti-Trump, oh, it'd be on the top of every newscast. It'd be top of newscast for at least for at least a year. Yeah, and if they don't have the video that's portrays Trump in a negative way on January sixth, I'm surprised they haven't just. You know, Steven Spielberg did, you know, just created their own video. <laughs> well, it was on the news for every night, the January 6th stuff for the first year of the Biden presidency. I mean, it's still big news. You know, you January 6ers, you insurrectionists, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it seems to me that, that this, even though it's exonerating, it seems to me that people would want to talk about that because that's all they talked about. And here's an update. But no, nobody wants the truth. We want to believe that Trump is an insurrectionist. We want to believe all of this crazy stuff. You know what it reminds me of? Um, and I'm not comparing anyone to Jesus. I'm not saying that. Okay. But you know what's interesting? If you read the Bible, they talked about that during the Passover, it was the tradition to release a prisoner. Right. And so they said, release Barabbas. Do you know what Barabbas was in jail for while he was being held? He was an insurrectionist. And do you know what they said that Jesus did that he did not do? That he was an insurrectionist. And here they had a known insurrectionist. So it's kind of the same thing. Here's something to me that exonerates, you know, people who have been painted as insurrectionists, seeing the QAnon shaman escorted through the White House. Now, you know, I've been to the White House a few times. Uh, so a lot of those landmarks were kind of and the Capitol. A lot of those landmarks are pretty familiar to me. And, and I had a personal escort. And there's some places that you cannot access without a personal escort. And so I had some inside information watching those videos. So he was escorted to places that are not normally open to average citizens. Well, even if it isn't uh, exonerating, it's, it's definitely illuminating. You know, you get to see more than what uh, the government has ordered the media to, to show you. And I, and I think that's very important. The worst thing was having Chuck Schumer, the Senate, a majority leader on the Senate floor demanding of Fox Sports to censor Tucker Carlson from reporting le legitimate news. And if he's saying that on the Senate floor, you know that he and people like him are pressuring Fox behind the scenes. Propagandistic it is. It really is. It's like the Twitter files. You know, when you've got a, an organization like, I mean, a State Department, like the FBI, going after people and colluding with big tech. Exactly. It is like the Twitter files and Twitter files give us a peek into what goes on behind the scenes. So I'm saying if Schumer is willing to say that so publicly that Tucker Carson should be censored, 
you can just imagine that it's many times worse behind the scenes through people yeah. like Schumer, maybe uh, maybe the FBI, um, other prominent politicians and media figures. And it's also, um, it's also how they're going to pressure uh, advertisers who advertise on Tucker Carlson. That's you know, right. Tucker Carlson can't survive if he can't get people to buy commercials on his on his show. So what you do if Coca Cola, for example, advertise on Tucker, which uh, they would they would never do that because Coca Cola, I think, is a very liberal company. But but if they have an advertiser like Coca Cola, you go to go to them, you get all. Tell them you get all this negative press and the media, the Huffington Post or whatever, Daily Beast, how you are supporting insurrection, you're damaging democracy, you're doing this and that because you advertise on Tucker, and 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 you get to silent and important conservative voice, um, and I'm also reminded of how unhappy I was when the House Republicans, once they became leadership, became uh, uh, the majority in the in the House, decided inexplicably to dismantle the January 6th committee. They had the, they had the people there to put some of this out, so it shouldn't have to yeah. go through Tucker Carson. It should have gone out through the government. Um, but instead, especially to assuage people's concerns about being weaponized when you're calling parents domestic terrorists and you're uh, showing how a tech company was able to censor and shadow ban and uh, hold hostage people's free speech. Yeah, and they've, they've allowed through their actions to have January 6th be our generation's uh, JFK assassination. You know, we're going to have conspiracy theories about this for generations when the truth should be right there. We have it right on the videotape. We have enough eyewitnesses, but we can't see the videotape. We, we have redacted files, the witnesses, uh, the witness who can say something counter to the approved narrative are getting silenced. There are a lot of things I wish I could say, but I know that. YouTube would strike our show and we would be able to uh, use their services uh, ever again. So it's, it's very disturbing. And you mentioned Twittergate. We see a lot of this have to do with COVID. Um, I mean, uh, you see a lot of the same censorship regarding COVID. And not too long ago, they wanted to have some sort of disinformation board to officially shut down people like in America. Me. Yeah. Not not North Korea, not China, not Nazi Germany. 2023 America. Because they they think they have a monopoly on what the truth is or they at least they pretend that they do and they want to and they want to shut down dissenting voices like Maurice Schroeder and, and, and myself and and Anybody who would dare wear a MAGA hat. You know, it's one of the things uh, Harvest mentioned in his book. He reminded us that um, politicians like AOC wanted to send people to disinformation or deprogramming, yes. uh, deprogramming camps, you know, to get all that Trumpism out of their brains and have them 
you know, support the Green New Deal and everything else that's on the progressive agenda. So, and doesn't that just smack of Brave New World and uh, 1984? It just reeks. I remember seriously. I was in tenth grade when I had to read both of those novels, and I cannot. I mean, it's insane to me. You know, forty years later, to or. 40 some years later to be looking back on that time. And I remember thinking, these are weird books. This is so bizarre and so odd. I mean, what are the odds of something like that ever happening? It was so far removed from, you know, my sphere at that time. And I'm living it. It's freaky to actually be living it, to have read those worlds. We talked a few weeks ago about representation and kind of losing yourself in a book. That's the whole beauty, I think, of reading is losing yourself in a narrative and getting caught in that world. And how would I act in that world? How would I feel in that world? If those things were happening to me. How would I feel? And so I don't have to do that. I'm I'm in it. I'm an actor in that that scene. And it's freaky as all get out. Exactly. It, it doesn't feel like our country, you know, and, and it's not just the narratives over certain things like COVID and uh, January 6th and the 2020 election. It, it's, it's cultural things, you know. You have people who will condemn you if you don't say that men can have babies or... Right, or periods. Yeah, you know, that that's become an official narrative. And if you speak out against it, you're... You're a hateful bigot, and I've seen people. Um, I think what's his name, Odin's men. He has a YouTube channel. He was demonetized primarily on YouTube because he's he shows a lot of uh, trans people and who put their own videos out on TikTok. It's much like lives of TikTok. Trans people go on these videos and sites like Odin's men. They um, they. They show what these people are saying, let them speak, and he comments upon it. And for that, he was deemed hateful and harmful, and you now he's permanently demonetized. So, so we're we're in trouble. You know, we we live in a very authoritarian uh, government now, and they have allies in the media. You know, basically the printing press of the modern age. So, and it's getting harder to be uh, a person of faith and and harder to be a conservative. That's absolutely right. And on that note, we will end this episode of African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. I'm Marie. I'm DK. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. You can find us online at acons.substack.com, anchor.fm forward slash A-A-C-O-N-S. And also you can support our work at anchor.fm forward slash A-A-C-O-N-S forward slash support.